Welcome to my podcast on everything about health. I'm your host, Becca, and here we will be discussing basic information on every topic. We will cover everything from physical health, spiritual health, and mental health. No topic is off limits. All guest appearances welcome. This platform is to bring back the freedom of speech and allow everyone to feel their voice matters, no matter what the circumstances are. Welcome back, everybody, and happy Friday. I say welcome back because I had this plan where I preset all of these podcasts, and when I looked back, I set them for the year 2025 somehow. I don't know how I did that, guys. Like, of course, I was obviously in the final days of leading up to giving birth and everything. My head was prego brain galore. However, I am not sure how I drafted them for 2025. That mind blows me what I did. So I'm sorry for the last, I think it's been three weeks. There has been zero episodes, which really kind of frustrates me. Somehow in some way, the episodes I recorded, I will reintegrate back into either December or January. I really do want those out because it is important for the herbal areas of what I was trying to explore and really give to you guys. But today I wanted to give an update now that we are back on a technical scheduled routine. I am now going to update you on technical third and fourth trimester. Some, if you're like myself, I had no idea there was a fourth trimester, probably just because I didn't know a whole lot about it. It is the trimester technically of newborn stage post-birth. So I'm going to kind of give you guys a little update. If you're listening in and you're like, oh, I really don't care about this, that's totally fine. Bow out. We love you. See you next week. If this is something that you're really interested in, you want to hear my perspective, my birth story, everything that kind of happened after, please, let's go. Let's dive straight into it. So third trimester started off pretty smooth. We went straight into second to third. I just didn't know what was happening because I would feel really uncomfortable. My belly would start to tighten. I wasn't sure what was really happening. So in one of my doctor's appointments, I asked him, lo and behold, it was Braxton Hicks. So Braxton Hicks were already starting right away in in third trimester. So I had a lot of these like false contractions throughout all of my third trimester. And I'll even dive into that more towards the end because this kind of leads into the birth story too. Third trimester, you really do revert back into first trimester, but not so intensely. So I had a few days where I was like throwing up randomly, didn't feel good, low energy. And when they say you start working on a project or doing something and then boom, your energy just tanks, they aren't lying. Like boom, my energy would tank. I would end up having a great morning. And then by the afternoon, I was laying in bed like, what is happening to me? I feel like death has overcome me. You're really out of breath. It was also a lot because I did plan my own baby shower. Now, y'all don't come at me. Just let it go. But I did plan my own baby shower. And there was a lot of stress to it because two weeks before the baby shower, the caterer or the people we had for food bailed. So that was really stressful and anybody who was trying to cater again either didn't have the dates requested, wasn't in a price point range that I was like, no, that's absolutely horrendously dumb. Like 
get out of here. So we ended up Kate like doing the food ourselves, which I would never ever do again because we did a co-ed baby shower. So that way both my partner and my friends and family both could mingle and be under one roof. I'm not a very traditional person when it comes to baby showers. So I don't really like the whole game situation. Don't really like the whole stigma of like cutesy, cutesy stuff. Like my baby showers theme was like Snow White, Evil Queen, fairest of them all. And truly, I didn't really have the decorations I thought in my head were going to come and play out. So I just did black and purple decorations, truly. And it worked out. I tr- I feel like it was so hot when we had the baby shower. I overplanned for how many people came, which the ones that didn't show or couldn't show, guys, don't feel bad. Please don't. The house felt like it got heated up so hot that it was so uncomfortable. It was uncomfortable outside because we were going straight from summer into fall. So we hadn't had the cooler temperatures yet. Swamp coolers outside weren't even helping. Like it was just beautiful. And I love everybody that showed up. And it was so wonderful to see all of our friends and family. And gosh, it was such a great time. It was just so many little factors that went down that I was like, okay, If I ever do this again, or if I have to plan something for someone again, I know all of the mistakes I made. Didn't help having prego brain through it all because there were things that I would forget or I had prepped like food wise. And then I forgot to tell the people helping me set up what I prepped to get out of the fridge. So then Ty and I had a million leftovers. It was so overwhelming, but it worked out for our benefit because our leftovers, we froze and it came in benefit for fourth trimester. So a little after that, we also had our maternity photos, which again, I didn't even have a photographer aligned. My partner's boss knew a girl from high school. And when I say this woman is amazing, I can't emphasize her enough, and I'm actually going to look up her Instagram real fast for you guys because she has the most beautiful photos. I love the way she did the editing. I love the way that she captured, like she met me up north in our little camping spot that we normally go to. There's like this meadow with trees, and it was so beautiful, so well done. Her Instagram name is Candid dot queen underscore photo underscore llc um jasmine hernandez is her name her edits and her artwork because it is art that she does was so beautifully done i love my photos i love the way she captured everything she just walks you through it she makes you feel comfortable she tells you how to pose. She tells you what to do. She gives you direction. She, and she was a fast turnaround. I think I had my pictures edited the next day. I had some proofs by that night. And mind you, we shot at sunset and she stayed up doing proofs. And so, so much beauty and so much amazingness inside that. My sister came early that day to do my makeup. It was so well done. Like, All of the good, beautiful energy went into that day, and it was so priceless. Like, you can't touch on that. And it was really funny because I was so against doing maternity photos. I was like, no, why would I want to remember my pregnancy? Why would I want to remember this? I'm so happy 
I did the maternity photos. And if you're like me and you're like thinking, I don't need those, just get them done, guys. Go see Jasmine. Like, just get them done. I got my dress on Amazon for like 40 bucks and I did my own hair. My sister did my makeup. Like, just go get them done because I'm telling you, this girl's artwork captures the beauty of everything. And you don't feel like a hippopotamus. You don't feel like you're swollen and just not feeling yourself. Like, she did such a good job. I'm so happy with them. Then we rolled into October, which was the last 30 days of the pregnancy. Braxton Hicks started becoming more. I went into the doctor's. Pretty sure he told me I was two centimeters dilated. I'm saying pretty sure because this is leading up to the birth story of what happened and how intense everything was going into that. So then I started slowing down more. However, to, then Ty goes to hunt. And let me pause real fast. If anyone comes at that man for going on his hunting trip while I was pregnant and right about to labor, do not. One, I told him to. Two, I selfishly wanted him to go get the kill. Three, we are a hunting family. Don't come at us at all anyways. You don't like it. Skip over this for 10 seconds if you have to. Four, when I say I'm okay with him going, I mean I'm okay with him going. So if anybody else tries to put words in my mouth that I'm not okay, because that has been a thing with a few people that have come at us, y'all get a life. Like if women say, no, I'm fine, and you're not fine, you're petty and you're weak. If you're not fine, tell your partner you're not fine. I was fine. I did great. I thrived. In fact, it was like, I just kind of took it as a vacation too. Cause I was like in my room, I was laid out, chilled out, finished all of my work that I wanted to do for November going into, going into labor. It was great. I am super happy that all of that took place. So then he gets back and mind you, he wasn't out there that long. He got the kill on like the second morning. So he was home by Monday. He left on a Wednesday home. I'm sorry. He was home by Sunday, not Monday. However, I started having more off nights where I felt more contractions coming on. And then came the roller coaster of a mental emotions where between three to eight o'clock at night, I would have these false laboring contractions where it's like they would escalate and you would think something's coming and then they'd stop. And then between midnight to three o'clock, I'd have these uncomfortable Braxton Hicks and I'd just be uncomfortable or baby in the womb was going a little wonky. Like things were just happening. And in my head, I'm thinking, this is it. This is it. So everyone knows my sister and I were six days apart being pregnant. I was due before her. She had her baby on November 2nd and her labor went boom so fast. She's like zero to a hundred, seven hours of labor, one push, boom, baby was here. It was so intense. I was so happy. Mind you, becoming an aunt before I became a mom was very like emotional for me. Not in a bad way, in a great way because that her baby is like a special place in my heart that no one can touch. And same with my baby. Like my baby has a special place in my heart that no one can touch. And these two beautiful gifts that we got blessed with a week apart have been nothing but like the ray of sunshine that we needed. Anyways, so in my head, I'm thinking, wow, that's awesome. I got this. Da, da, da. I'm hyping myself up. I'm watching my sister 
Like, I'm going to have the same birth. And all you mamas out there are probably giggling right now saying, oh, no, honey, that's not what happens. Oh, no, that's not how it is. You're right. It's not how it is. And that was shame on me. Shame on me for comparing myself to my sister. Shame on me for the expectations I set up for myself thinking that that was me. Because it wasn't. And no, nobody's going to have the same birth story. Nobody's going to have the same experience. And really, expectations, who needs them? Throw them out the window because they really aren't a thing, right? Like expectations shouldn't really be a thing. So I did get really sad because here my sister is having her baby and I'm seeing this like connection of mom and baby and I'm just like, I really want my baby here. And I start getting sad. I start getting really sad. And then I'm going on walks and I'm crying on my walks, just praying to God, like, just get her here. Like, I just want my baby here. Like, help me. Help me do this. So the week she has her baby on a set on a Thursday. Um, by Sunday night, I'm so frustrated and crying. Um, Monday, I'm walking and crying. Tuesday morning, I bawled my eyes out. Like, I cried so hard. I don't think I've ever had a good cry like that in a long time. No joke, after I get done crying, snap, boom, my water breaks. And mind you, I'm laying in bed at like 7 in the morning, 7.15, my water breaks. And it really is like what they say. You hear like this click and it feels like, it almost feels like you peed yourself. That's really what this feels like. And I jump out of bed super fast because I'm like, oh my God. And there's like this tiny watermark on the bed. And then I call Ty and I'm all like, babe, my water broke. He goes, are you sure? Because he's feeling the same way I am with my body going in and out. I'm like, yeah, no, I don't think I peed myself. I'm pretty sure my water broke. And I'm like, awkwardly, I smell the bed. I'm like, no, this isn't pee, babe. This is like my water broke. You need to wrap up whatever you're doing at work and you need to get home. So he does. He's home in 30 minutes. I had called my doctor in the meantime. My doctor said, that's fine. Stay at home, labor till your contractions get closer and just make sure that you're in the hospital no later than six hours from now. I said, okay. So I'm doing all the things at home. I'm doing chores. I'm making breakfast. I'm bouncing on the ball. I'm going for walks. I'm trying to stay active. I'm trying. And then I even like relax a little just to see if like I can get like my body to relax and get contractions going. I don't have any contractions. Like I have minor little cramps, but I have no contractions. I'm like, what is happening? And then then we're getting close to that six hour mark. I'm like, well, we better start heading to the hospital. So we head to the hospital. And we check in and they hook us up. Baby's good. I have a little bit of high blood pressure. So they kind of take a blood sample and they send it off because they're worried about preeclampsia. Then um, they tell me, go for a walk. So we walk around for an hour, come back, get put on the monitor for 20 minutes. Go for another walk for an hour, get put on the monitor for 20 minutes. We go for a walk and have dinner and like just kind of walk around for a bit again and get put on the monitor. Nothing is helping induce my contractions. So we get checked into an official labor room and I get a cervical check where they then tell me I am zero centimeters dilated. 
Guys, when I say my world came crashing down, I'm not even lying. My world came crashing down. I literally started crying because in my head, I knew that we had to start interventions. One, my water broke. My amniotic fluid is not inside me. Like, I'm draining. Like, baby girl is going to, like, be, like, she needs something. So I knew intervention had to start. The one scary thing I didn't want to do is start the Pitocin epidural war. And if you guys don't know what that is, maybe we'll save that for another time. But it can, Pitocin's where it makes your body have contractions to dilate you. And the epidural relaxes your body. And when you're playing a role of those two, you are messing with your body and it can send your baby into shock, which then leads women into C-sections. So here we are. My plan was to have a natural birth. My plan was really just to have my sister's birth, right? Like seven hours, boom, push, done. Like, great, great job. Slap on the back, go home. No. Um, (laughs) When I say we started the nightmare of a lifetime, I really mean we started a nightmare of a lifetime. So doctor comes in and says, let's start you on Cytotec, which is a natural inducing medication. It goes in the side of your cheek. It dissolves. It only lasts in your system for three hours, and it normally kickstarts your body into actual labor or into dilation. So sure enough, we take the Cytotec. Instantly, I start feeling contractions. It was great. Um, We took a little nap from like eight to 10. So two hours, we got some rest. From that point on, at 10 o'clock on, it went really bad. Baby girl was in the perfect position going into the hospital. During some time, she flipped herself sunny side up, which means her back was against my back, meaning back labor started. So now you have spine on spine. And at first it was fine. Like I was making it through the contractions. I was doing all the things. Then 12 o'clock hit, and it was now Wednesday at midnight, and it started getting more severe, and I was, like, really struggling, and we had nurses in helping me. We had nurses in helping Ty. We were putting me in different positions. We had the peanut ball. We had the yoga ball. We had it all, and we had me in this cowgirl position, which took the back pain off, which was fine, and then it felt like I couldn't. I couldn't breathe through my contractions like I needed to because of the way I was positioned. So the back labor stopped, but I couldn't breathe properly to get through the contractions. So we ended up at 6.45 in the morning. I ended up back in the shower and I stayed in the shower, reversed on a chair from 6.45 to 11 a.m. When I say my legs were numb and I couldn't feel them, I really mean my legs were numb and I couldn't feel them. But I knew if I got out of that shower, the back labor was going to be more intense being out of the shower than in the shower. So we literally stayed in there. I was so exhausted. I was praying to God. I was trying to really make it through and my body was giving up. And guys, when I say you literally contemplate just giving up life, you really give up. Like you're I'm so exhausted. I had been up for about 24 hours with a two-hour nap. I was so exhausted. I, my partner was literally looking at me like I'm helpless, but he was there. He didn't leave my side. He, he helped out. God, he was magical. I don't know what I would do if he left my side. I probably would have just like hated life. He stayed awake the whole time with me. He literally was in it to win it with me. And I can't imagine a better partner in life than him. 
And even when I was in the shower, he kept part of the shower curtain open. One of his sides was getting wet, but he didn't care. And then he would kind of like stroke my back while I was in the shower and just his touch alone melted me like goo. It was so magical. It really was, but it, it sucked at the same time. It was horrible. So finally I looked at him and I started bawling my eyes out because I felt like a failure because I knew I wanted an epidural. And in my head, I was a failure because I wanted a natural birth. And I felt like I was failing myself. And he had just kind of talked me off the ledge and told me I wasn't a failure, that I did a really great job. And I think it was time to give my body a break because of how much I was doing already. So my doctor comes in and he starts talking to me and he says, you know, like you're in a, you're in a time window. Cause remember my water broke Homegirl doesn't have amniotic fluid right now. So him and I decided, okay, it's time to start. So we then started the Pitocin and epidural war because they cervical checked me when I got out of the tub and I was only four centimeters dilated. We had gone 12 hours and I was only four centimeters dilated. My body was struggling to dilate. So we get the epidural started and sure enough, I was able to sleep. Like I slept from noon to four o'clock and then I got up and I called my mom and my sister and my dad because they were really worried about me. So I called them and Ty made some phone calls too so that way he could update people. And we laid there for a little bit and then we took another nap from, or I took another nap. I don't know if he napped, but I took another nap from five to seven. And then when they woke me up, they did a cervical check and they said, okay, you're at seven centimeters dilated. My doctor says, you can start pushing if you want. So by 7.30, we had me pushing. And I pushed from 7.30 to nine o'clock. Then we took a 30 minute break. Let's also side note that through all of this, I was also vomiting from the time I took Cytotec and it kicked in at 10 o'clock Tuesday night. I couldn't keep anything down. I couldn't keep water down. I couldn't keep food down. Honey stick threw that up. Everything that went into my body, I threw up. So now fast forward to when we were pushing. At nine o'clock, my doctor said, you can take a break or we can continue pushing. And then I was like, oh, we're going to continue pushing. I was determined to get this girl out of me. And then I threw up and he goes, ah, let's take a break. So we took a 30 minute break. He was such a busy doctor that night. He had to go do a C-section. And then I told the nurses after 30 minutes, I was like, I'm ready to push. So they brought this beautiful woman in who was a first year resident, I believe, who was shadowing my doctor, but an amazing doctor. Like, I give her so much credit. She just needs to be, a like, she is a doctor, but she just needs to not be a resident anymore. She needs to just go and do her thing because she was amazing. Like, I would truly have her as my OB in the future if she needed me to be. But I love my doctor, too. So, and that's probably why she's shadowing him because he's instilling amazing things inside of her. So, now we have her in the room with me. And I'm starting to get tired. So between contractions, I'm starting to fall asleep. And I literally told them, I can do this, but I need you guys to like encourage me. I need you guys to be my, my support team. I need you guys to like literally tell me I got this. So in between contractions, I started falling asleep. But during contractions, we would push and they would encourage me through it. Then I think it was about maybe 11 45 11 50 my doctor 
takes a sheet and ties knots on either end. And he legit tells me we're going to do tug of war. We tug of war my baby out. And at 1210 Thursday morning, she was born. And it's so intense because when we calculated it, I was in labor for 41 hours and I pushed for four hours. If we take that little mini break out of it. It was so intense. I was so exhausted. They say you get this euphoria, this hormonal high when you're done. Nope, I didn't have it. Not one little bit. I was exhausted. We were so thankful that she slept for six hours because we were able to sleep for six hours when we got into a room. So I did end up having preeclampsia. I ended up spiking a fever at the very end of pushing. So they ended up keeping us in the hospital for 36 hours because apparently you're at risk for this thing called cornea. I have no idea what it is, nor do I know anything about it. I just learned about it in the hospital, but baby and I were both They didn't start me on an antibiotic, but baby and I were both at risk for it. So we were in the hospital for 36 hours. So we were legit in the hospital for Tuesday to Friday and our whole week was gone and we blinked and we were like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Now coming into fourth trimester. So we get home and you know, life with a newborn, you're trying to figure it out. I was very blessed. My milk came in the day we left the hospital. So my milk came in on Friday. So trying to figure that out though, we didn't have a lactation consultant come and see us because they were so busy. So I didn't get a lactation consultant. So I didn't know about raw nipples. I didn't know about a lot of things, right? So she was on one boob for 45 minutes and my nipple turned raw. So now I'm overproducing, I'm trying to pump, I'm trying to feed her, I'm in this roller coaster of emotions. And let me be very specific, I have a really great baby who, you know, has great cues, sometimes she sleeps through the night, sometimes she doesn't, depends on if she's feeding or not, but she eats, she eats like a milk monster, that's what we call her, we call her a milk monster. However, trying to figure out Breastfeeding has been so difficult for me because of engorgement, clogged ducts, trying to get a routine down, trying to get a time system down. And I know people say I'm so lucky because my milk came in and how they struggled with their milk. I get that, but this is my own challenge too. I'm glad I'm able to feed and provide for my kid. However, if I didn't have milk coming in, there are other ways I could have provided and fed for my kid. So I'm not too concerned about that. The biggest thing is, is like, When you're battling trying to figure out your own breasts, it is hard. Like when you're trying to massage clogged ducts out and you're trying to do warm compresses, cold cold ice packs, and you got to find a system and you can't let yourself go too long. And then I was in this war of pumping every two hours where I was even up in the middle of the night exhausting myself. Thank God for the support system I had. They jumped in like got me off of that two hour cycle. Now we're exactly three weeks post birth. I'm starting to get somewhat of a routine, but I never get my hopes up, right? Because those mamas out there and even dads out there know that when you have a technical newborn, every day is different. You don't get to say what is normal and what's a routine because they set the tone. They set what's going to happen. They set all of the boundaries. They do, they do their own thing. You can implement, 
a time schedule and you can implement what you want as a routine. However, they are going to change the narrative with what they're doing. You can do the most, but you still have to be mentally prepared for what may come and what may not come. And I know I'm still venturing into fourth trimester. We're right in that last little week coming into her one month. This has just been my experience so far. And I know it's not going to be the same for everybody. And you have to realistically understand that not every baby is the same. Not every experience is the same. Not everything is going to be exactly what somebody talks about. What I say is my experience. And I wouldn't have been able to get where I am now if it wasn't for my intuition, for a sports team, for the friends that give me their stories. But when I go and I ask my friends their stories, they don't have the same story as me. They just told me what worked for them. I take a nugget of what worked for them and implement it into my routine to see if it works for me. And if it doesn't, it's not for me and I throw it away and I implement a different nugget. However, Don't be scared to ask people about their stories because you may find a nugget of advice that you want to implement into your routine. And don't ever expect that your situation is going to be the same as somebody else's situation or the expectations of that situation. Truly to just live in the moment. I just did a recent post on Instagram that said, go with the flow. And then it like joked and it's like, but what time's the flow? It doesn't have a time. You really do in a newborn stage. You have to just be very present in the now and whatever happens, happens. And that is the biggest thing going forward that I'm taking into consideration too. Stop stressing, stop worrying, stop being fearful because I was super fearful of mastitis and talked to a few of my friends who've had it and, you know, just kind of understanding more about how to know I have it, when to know I have it, what to do when I have it. That fear is now gone. And just really leaning into your own intuition is going to be the biggest thing because you're their mom. You only know what is good for your child because they were a part of you for nine plus months, if depending on when you labor. So don't be scared to make mistakes. You can't screw it up. And I had a friend tell me, if they're alive, you're winning. And that really hit because I'm like, yeah, I'm keeping a human alive. I mean, if they cry, they cry. If they're upset, they're upset. If I'm upset and I cry, I'm upset and I cry. You really just have to go with the flow. And don't anticipate every day to look the same. you got to just anticipate every day to be different and live in the moment and whatever happens go with the punches in that time frame. Don't anticipate yesterday to look like today and today to look like tomorrow because that's that routine that could get you really messed up. They're going to set their own routine. Have the mindset that you want the time blocks that you want, but don't worry about if they don't go the way you planned it to. Just roll with the flow. Roll with the punches. And don't be afraid to ask for help. And I really... I have a great baby that I haven't really needed help. But what I did need is I needed my mom. I needed my mom just to talk me off the ledge. I needed my mom to just tell me what was going on in my head. I needed my mom to like tell me I wasn't being crazy when I had a gut feeling. I really needed my partner. I really need Ty all the time, like to make sure I'm not overthinking things, to tell me, nope, give her a minute before we pick her up, to help me out in the middle of the night. Your partner 
your supports team, your family, everybody is going to be amazing. And you know, if you need extra help, because maybe your baby's colicky, maybe you're going back to work early because you don't have so much maternity time, that's okay. Use your tribe, use your support staff, use your team, your family, use them to help you. Because like other situations that I've heard in the past or I've heard about recently, they need their support system and there's nothing wrong with that. My experience and my lifestyle is not the same as everybody else's. So don't be scared. I'm not scared because if I have a day, I'm I'm going to call my mom. If I don't have my mom to call, I have my partner's mom to call. I have my partner's dad's girlfriend to call. I have friends. I have friends all around me that are just chomping at the bit to come over. Don't be scared to ask for help. It's okay needing help. This really does require a whole entire force field. So that is pretty much wrapping it up of my experience. Going into the holidays, we're going to just jump back into the medicinal herbal areas. We're going to talk a little bit about goals, expectations. Again, expectations is huge. I feel like I'm pushing that a lot this year because we get caught and hung up on what that looks like and what we want it to be and we need to stop. So got a lot of good things going into the end of the year and then we'll cycle back into January. Can't believe it's pretty much been one year since we started doing this. It hasn't been the most consistent every Friday being that I was pregnant and going through birth. However, I love you guys for sticking it out with me, checking in on me and helping me through all of these areas. So really can't do it without y'all and just really sending the most amount of love out there. We will check in with each other next Friday. If you have any questions, concerns, comments, whatever it is, please go ahead. You could message me, send me an email, whatever it may be. I hope you guys have a very beautiful week. If you like today's podcast, please make sure to subscribe and listen every Friday. Like, comment, and share so others can enjoy just like you.